Hello, everybody. Last week, it was not my house for the first time. How many have we done? 44 or something? 46? 48. I can't believe that. This is the 48th, uh, what is it called? Fireside chat? 48th? As long as we can count. That's astonishing. And they're all worth watching, in my opinion. Um, that's not a brag. It's just it's a way of saying they're really not dated, even if I talk about something in, in the news, which I will now. Uh, but th they're meant to be evergreens. If you could watch the first one, and it'll be just as relevant. So, hello, I'm Dennis Prager. This is my home. Last week was the only one of the 48 we didn't do at home. We did it really far from here at the at the Ronald Reagan Ranch where he would go and enjoy himself with Nancy his wife they had they they had such a love relationship you ought to read about it if you have a, a romantic cell in your body you should you should read about Nancy and Ronald Reagan you know what he said once you ready you want to hear a romantic line uh, what is it? Some, oh, I don't remember it exactly, but it's something to the effect, um, I feel alone as soon as Nancy leaves the room. Something like, isn't that touching? They really loved each other. I, you know, we saw that they had, you know, pillows, Nancy and Ron. They, they, they were quite a, it was quite a love relationship. Anyway, we were out there. It's very far uh, out, uh, out of the general direction of anything it's up in the mountains you got to drive a lot he would get there by helicopter so <laughs> it wasn't so hard anyway back home this is my home this is completely non-scripted completely and people like that fact and i and i totally get it so anyway thanks for being with me let me get to my topic i what i do is i open up with a topic and then i take questions on everything except usually the topic so I want to talk to you about a specific item in the news, but if you're watching this a year from now, the points will be as relevant because I will draw larger conclusions from the specific. One moment, please. Oh, it's dying. It is. Okay. So, President of the United States, Donald Trump, called the woman who had worked for him and been with him since 2004, was it? I mean, been with him for a long time, from when he was on TV, through the White House, and she spoke glowingly of him for, for all these years. And then she was fired for reasons we don't know, and then she just turned against him. It's not even important to say her name, because many of you know it, many of you, it's, it's irrelevant. She, she's not the issue. The issue is the issue, and I want to talk to you about that. So she said, you know, all of a sudden she discovers he's a misogynist and he's a racist. After all these years of being treated beautifully by him, both as a black and as a woman. So it, it's, it, it's, it's, it really is reprehensible what she's done. She should have been a grown-up. She got fired and kept her mouth shut, and, and not all of a sudden be a disgruntled ex-employee. It's just, it's wrong. But anyway, she did what she did. So the president, as he would, he tweeted out against her. He should have ignored her or done something very sophisticated. He did a completely unsophisticated thing, called her a dog, which is 
not presidential. So let me say this. I, I support the president because he has done a great deal of good. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But I, that doesn't mean that I've lost my ability to react negatively if something negative happens. I mean, you know, that's, we have to all do that in life with, with people that, that we live with and people we adore even. But it was a, it was a very unsophisticated thing. It just feeds the, the anger of people against him. And it was completely unnecessary. Completely. I mean, I, I have done 35 years of radio and I've, I've described some pretty awful folks, but I, I have never said uh, dog. And I got a good reputation of, of having a classy show even though I'm very strong in my opinions. And and I wish the president had a reputation of being classy, but he doesn't. Okay, so now I want to deal with the, with the issue of what do you do with a, a leader or anybody else when they do something that you are certain is a bad idea or wrong? What do you do? So here is my answer, and this is why I continue to support this president because, well, I'll explain why I do, but I want you to understand why this does not invalidate my support, even though I am against it. So here's the story. Hmm. That's this guy's really, you got to keep puffing on this guy or he goes out. So here's the story. In a nutshell, we are all packages. And the sooner people realize that about a spouse, about a child, a parent, a friend, an employer, an employee, a, a president of the United States, a prime minister of a country, the sooner one realizes that, the more mature one's reaction is. That uh, the, the thought, well, I wish Donald Trump spoke very sophisticatedly, but did all the other good things that he has done, and he has done incredibly good things as president, in my opinion, is, is to live in a fairy tale land. Part of the reason he has had the courage to do some of the incredible things that he has done, like pull out of the, 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 the truly false Paris Accords, that were just injurious to countries. They, 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 uh, I'll get it, get into that another time. See all our videos of PragerU on global warming, including given by major scholars like Richard Lindzen, who is considered for decades the leading climatologist in the United States from MIT. Well, just watch them. No matter what, where your mind is made up right now, please watch them. Anyway. The, uh, he, uh, he moved the American embassy, every president in my lifetime, or not my lifetime, but it, for the last, I don't know, 30 years has promised that if elected and Congress even passed a law, move the American embassy to Jerusalem. That's the capital of Israel. One of our staunchest allies. So this president said, I don't care what people say, I'm going to do it. And he did it. And he's appointed magnificent judges to federal judgeships and to the Supreme Court of the United States. 
and and may have a chance to have another one uh, ratified by the U.S. Senate. And uh, he 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 has shrunk government. He has lowered taxes. He has revived the American economy. He has created uh, economic havoc in Iran, uh, the the most the troubling regime on the face of the earth. It's 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 almost endless all the good that the man has done. But he comes with with all of that. He comes with this price of uh, of foolish statements that he sometimes makes. And that don't help him, don't help the cause, and so on. And I know that, but but here is the, my point. He's a package. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. It, it's, 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 it's pretty related. It's not identical, but it's pretty related. When I was uh, dating in my 20s, I married uh, first at 32. And I, I would date... And I have I had a very very close I've always had close male friends. It's been a rich part of my life. Rich is understated. It's been an essential part of my life. So I call up my friend Joseph, and I had a, an active dating life. So I call him up and I would say, Joseph, I um, I finally figured out the most important thing in a woman, most important trait. And, you know, and I, and I would sound very convincing and I'd say, Joseph, the most important thing is brains. Another date, Joseph, I realized tonight, the most important trait in a woman, he go, what? I go, well, personality. Another time, Joseph, I was on a date tonight and I, I think I've really discovered the most important trait in a woman. He goes, really what? And I go, looks. Finally, after about a couple of years of this nonsense, I call him up one night. Joseph, I uh, I think I figured out the most important trait uh, in a woman tonight. And he goes, don't tell me I know. And I said, what do you mean you know? You don't even know who I went on a date with. He said, it doesn't matter. Whatever trait she didn't have, you'll say is the most important trait. That shut me up. I never said one. I, ne- I stopped looking for the most important trait, and I stopped calling him up with the, with this idiotic news. So his point was brilliant. It's that's the way we operate, you know. So that, or, or you think, oh, if only she could have the brains of this one, the looks of this one, the personality of this one, the liveliness of this one, uh, you know, the, and so on. Or or he, the same thing. If only he could have. You know, the ambition of this guy, the sensitivity of this guy, the brains of this guy, the looks of this guy. <laughs> it doesn't work. We're, we're packaged. We are who we are. You can improve. God, thank God. Uh, but we are who we are, and you are who you are. You can, again, improve, but uh, at the president's age, he's not going to change much, just the way it works generally. And that's the president I have. Do I wish in some fantasy world that he didn't issue such uh, foolish tweets? Yes, I do. So what? What am I going to do? All the good he's done is not negated by those tweets. That's the point. So those who focus on that uh, rather than the good he's done, look, the people on the left don't think he's done any good. So for them, this is a non-issue. 
but I'm talking about the people who agree with what he's done and still don't support him because of the tweets. That's a mistake. The president, like your friends and your parents and everybody else I mentioned, are packages. And that brings me to one other thing, which I could spend a whole opening on. Moral bank accounts. Every one of us has what I call a moral bank account. Every time you do something good, you make a deposit. Every time you do something bad, you make a withdrawal. So that's, that's what we all have. It's a moral bank account. And if you're in the black, which means a lot more good has been deposited than bad has with, been withdrawn, that's uh, it's worth remembering. And he has a very good bank account as, as far as I'm concerned. So that's what I wanted to cover. Matt, Matt Clear, guys? Okay. So, to your questions. Oh, yeah, I want to remind you. You know, Prague University is probably the most effective, mind-changing website out there to give people really good values and uh, to fight the, the corrosive bad stuff that is permeating our universities. Every one of our videos is free, and the only way that we could continue to grow, we'll have a billion views this year, is through people's donations. August is fundraising month. And this, the next two weeks, anything you donate is doubled. In other words, somebody will match what you give. So go to the website, if you would, and make a donation. Thank you very much. Question time. Regina in El Paso, Texas, 21 years old, and she's in Prager Force. Prager Force is high school and college kids who are affiliated with Prager University and do magnificent work. There are about 1,500 of them all over the world. And everyone I have met has been extremely impressive. Hi, Regina in El Paso. What is the best way for conservatives to combat the disturbing rise of white nationalism? Wow, I'm happy you asked. <laughs> there is no rise in white nationalism. It's a, it's a creature of the fake media. And I use that term deliberately. I have no joy in saying it. The mainstream media in the Western world are not honest. Sometimes they are, but on what matters to them, they are not honest. This has been a grand lie from the beginning. There was just a demonstration on the first anniversary of Charlottesville of a bunch of white nationalists uh, what did the, what did the wall street journal say? You could have fit them all in a room or something like that. Oh, they're 20. I never met a white nationalist. How is that possible? I've lived in the United States a long time, my whole life. I'm not young. How come I never met a white nationalist? They avoid me. I mean, have you met a white nationalist? Have you met a white nationalist? <laughs> Where are they? It, it, it's 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 a creation 
It's a mythical creation. Of course they exist. Everything exists. Every, every weird manifestation of humanity exists. There are people, and this is not meant to make a joke, there are people who believe they're animals. There are women who believe that they are cats. There was a serious article on them. I think it was in the New York Times. But I never met one. Every woman I know thinks she's a, she's a human. I, I meet very traditional people as a general rule. And uh, so white nationalists, give me a break. As Alan Dershowitz, who is a lifelong liberal, lifelong uh, Democrat, Hillary Clinton friend and supporter, and uh, Professor Emeritus of Law at Harvard University, and a Jew, and that's important for this comment, said, to me, you will see it in the movie No Safe Spaces that Adam Carolla and I are making. He said in his apartment in New York City, I am not afraid of the Nazis. They are the past. I am afraid of the hard left. They're the future. That's right. He's a true liberal. Liberals should fear the left. There's nothing to fear on the right. These people are nothing. So what should conservatives do to combat a a, a virtually non-existent evil? Tell the country they're a virtually non-existent evil. Force the media to tell the truth. They spoke about all the anti-Semitism unleashed by the Trump election. That was another fake news thing. There was it, it, probably many of you don't even remember because there's a there's every week there's a new hysteria. There was massive hysteria over anti-Semitism unleashed by Donald Trump. It was all a fraud. All of the Jewish community centers that had these calls in of bomb threats, 90% were sent in by an American Jewish kid who had mental problems who was living in Israel. And the other 10% were called in by a, by a black radical who wanted to frame his ex-girlfriend. Nothing had to, anything to do with uh, with white nationalism or with Donald Trump. I was on CNN talking about this. I mean, I remember all oh, you know all this anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism. Okay, next, Tony, fifty-six, Northeast Illinois. I'm a conservative atheist who was raised a Roman Catholic. I did twelve years of Chicago Catholic schools. My oath to atheism began around the age of six. There is an afterlife with a judgment. I feel I will be judged on the following: that I led a good life, being the best I can be, and treated others well, rather than being a non-believer. What are your thoughts on this? I agree with you. The God I believe in, the God of the uh, of the Torah, of the first five books of the Bible, and specifically, judges people by their behavior, not their faith. That's right. That's my belief. That's why I believe. As a Jew, I believe good Christians, good Mormons, good Protestants, good Catholics, good good Muslims, good atheists uh, are are uh, go to go to uh, heaven. However, the those who actively fight uh, belief, I can't I can't vouch for for their future. People who try to undermine others' faith in God, that's that's just, that's more problematic. You don't sound like that type of person. But for your sake, uh, in this world, not the next, for your sake in this world, I think you should uh, take religion seriously. It is a much better life. Let's put it this way. Take good religion seriously. There's bad religion. Okay. 
Adolfo, 36, Lubbock, Texas. I was asked if God is real, why does he allow child rape and childhood cancer? What is a good response? Well, there are two separate issues, as you point out. One is natural suffering, one is man-made suffering. Uh, God allows nature to run its course. If God stopped every instance of cancer, then obviously we wouldn't need any medicine. And then you'd have another problem, because what happens then? So if you walk out on a freezing night with, uh, you know, with a T-shirt on, and you get sick, should God cure that disease? I, I am troubled just like you emotionally, but I'm not troubled as much uh, perhaps intellectually. God has allowed, look, God has allowed nature, as I said, to run its course. Cancer cells do what they do. Our task is to fight cancer and conquer disease. And that's, that's the ideal. I, I am troubled by all the diseases and the plagues that killed so many and just the flu epidemic that killed millions. It is troubling. And I don't, I don't have a perfect answer, I admit it. But I have a good answer that isn't mine. Milton Steinberg, a rabbi, made a brilliant comment. He said, the believer in God has to account for the existence of one thing, unjust suffering, which is what your question is about. The atheist, however, has to account for the existence of everything else. That was a very powerful refutation. What was the other part? Uh, the other part, what is it? Uh, did, did we get rid of it? Is it gone? Give it to me back one more time, thanks. Why does he allow child rape? Because he allows people to be free to do evil. If God stopped every rape, and God stopped every murder, and God stopped every mugging, and every burglary, then we would be automatons. Life would be meaningless. Okay. Ian, 23, Milwaukee, Prager Force. There's this woman I met through a group of friends and I really like. That exciting? It is, it's exciting. However, I have trouble finding moments to ask her out. I think asking a girl out a girl through message is stupid, but I'm getting impatient. Is it ever okay to use Messenger to ask a girl out? Well, uh, I, I'm going to take a, an unpopular, I don't know, I, I, it's the only thing it's unpopular because the uh, PragerU young people in this room with me right now said that that PragerU, when they raised the issue, all the young people voted against using a Messenger, Correct. But what is he supposed to do? If he can't find the time, what is he, he, he doesn't have her phone number, right? What is he supposed to do? I would send, I would send a message, I would, but I would, I would make it very eloquent and persuasive. And, you know, for a fee, I'll write it for you. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, really, that, that, that's what you should do. Listen, I, don't, I can't find a moment to ask you out. I would like to. Let me tell you a little about me. I'm going to make the case why you should say yes. Right? I love, I think you should be direct. You know, all this, you know, 
all this uh, monkeying around, I mean, obviously, to a certain extent, there are games played. I understand that. I live in the real world. I dated in the real world. But ultimately, you know, be real. Look, what I don't know of any other choice. I'm not going to stalk you. <laughs> uh, so here's my best shot. And I think most girls would go, hey, you know what? That's that's nice. Uh, you know, let's go to Starbucks, you know, from 115 to 120. And uh, if it's really good, we'll go to 130. That's fine. What the hell? You, you know, she's giving you some minutes to make your case. That's the way it normally is. The guy's got to make the case why I'm desirable. That's the way it should be, actually. Okay, so that's 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 my view. And if you want to send her a video of this response, go right ahead. Okay, Joshua, 19, Logan, Utah, Prager Force. How do you feel about Trump's vocal? Oh, you know what? Let me do that another time. It's a big question. So we'll keep that for another week. Uh, let's see. Oh, this one a lot of people ask me. This is rough. Leora, 18, New York City, Prager Force. In industries where connections and likability play a large part in determining success, should people speak up in defense of their beliefs? I'm working towards becoming a professional classical musician, and I've experienced some discrimination based on my conservative values. Some? So I'm concerned about future opportunities in this field. It's a big, big problem. Let me tell you something. I conducted last year at the Walt Disney, exactly a year ago, I conducted a Haydn symphony. I'm very into classical music. I conducted a Haydn symphony, the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra, and at the Walt Disney Concert Hall, one of the most prestigious halls in, in the world. It was a great honor for me. I've, I've conducted a lot in my life. And uh, so uh, there was some controversy. New York Times just did a, an awful job reporting on it, reported on it. They even wrote their own article because Santa Monica is very left and I'm conservative. And so seven out of the 70 members of the orchestra would not play when I came to conduct. So fine, what do I care? It, it's, I thought the news, the news was that 63 would, not that seven wouldn't. But the New York Times made it sound like it was, it was a big controversy. That's what I mean, the fake media. They make up hysteria. There, there was, all the hysteria was in the media. And by the way, the seven places were made up by members of the L.A. Philharmonic, the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra, and others who said, oh, Prager's conducting? I'm, I'd like to play. That's the irony. So they had everybody there. Anyway, so what happened? I uh, it was I mentioned this on the air. You know how the former mayor was making a big stink. He would never attend a symphony orchestra. The former mayor of Santa Monica said he's not going to come because Prager is, is is conducting. Okay, we sold out. It was the only time Walt Disney Concert Hall ever sold out for a regional orchestra was when I conducted, so as it happens, okay? I made the I made that orchestra a lot of money. I didn't take a nickel. Anyway, as a result, I got a lot of mail from professional classical musicians. One woman in one of the biggest orchestras of the country, a violist, wrote to me, I just want you to know, no one in my orchestra knows that I'm conservative. And I'm a member for 30 years. That was so sad. 
I've written two articles on this. One is about American Muranos, M-A-R-R-A-N-O-S. Muranos were Jews in the 15th century, 16th century, who hid their being Jewish because of the Spanish Inquisition. They acted Catholic publicly and were Jewish privately. That's what we have in America. Obviously, you're not going to get killed. I'm not comparing that. There's no Inquisition with people getting burned. But you can get burned figuratively. You can get fired. You can get ostracized. Because the left is mean, not liberals. Leftists are mean. They, they treat us much worse than we treat them. See our video, Why I Left the Left. Dave Rubin, who is uh, a liberal, gay, he made a video for us, Why I Left the Left. He said, to my shock, I found conservatives were much nicer human beings, much more open, intellectually open than people on the left. Of course, it's not, it's not even a comparison. Nobody has to hide that they're, they have left-wing views from conservatives, but conservatives have to hide their views from people on the left. So you're in a very tough situation. I don't want you to ruin your career, and yet I don't want you to be a Murano. It's, it's very tough. Maybe, you, maybe over time they could so love you, and I mean that, you could so win people's affection and then just gradually, you know, let on that you think America is a good country, that you think Israel is a good country, the two countries that the left vilify the most. <laughs> if you say Iran is a good country, left doesn't give you at all a hard time. Say Israel is a good country, left hates you. It's part of the... Uh, the broken moral compass of the left. This is the same question from Thomas, Marietta, Georgia, Prager Force. Hey, Dennis, Hollywood is full of liberals, but as I, as a conservative, want to make movies, should I hide my values to try and get my name up there or be honest and risk never working? See? I get this I get this in the mail all the time. I wrote a, I wrote a column, American Muranos, and I wrote another column, The Greatest Fear in America. And you know what it is? Fear of the left. Last question. Is that correct? Which, oh no, which one should I do? Flint or upstate New York? You don't care? You're easy. That's a compliment, by the way. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, I don't know which one to take. I'll take this one. Flint, Michigan, Chance. 20. Dennis, in majorly democratic cities, how do we preach that conservatism is the way to bring everyone out of poverty and that it works for everyone regardless of what the liberals preach? Well, it depends. If you're speaking to people who care about facts, it's effortless. The only, O-N-L-Y, and I want you to put that in bold and italics, the only economic system to ever lift Many people out of poverty is capitalism, nothing else, not socialism, not Marxism, not anything else. Only capitalism produces wealth. Socialism spends the wealth that capitalism created. If they don't, if they're not prepared to accept that, then you're with people who believe in a flat earth.
That's, that's just the way it is. The fact that mo- most young people today think that socialism is preferable to capitalism is an ode to the brainwash that begins in elementary school and goes through college because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible lie. If you care about people, you care for capitalism over socialism. If you care about ideas, you will love socialism. So you have to ask yourself, what do you love more, people or ideas? On that note, thanks for being with me. From my home to yours, I'm Dennis Prager.